Welcome to our podcast. Talk to me, sister. I'm Kathy. And I am Sarah. And we are twin sisters documenting our surrogacy journey, discussing women's health, motherhood, and all the details that led us here. Our mission is to not only educate and inform, but to spread joy and hope through our story. Thanks for following along. Desasita is a registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in mindfulness and gut health. Amanda quickly realized that gut health is more than just digestion, the microbiome, and the foods we eat. It's also about honoring our gut feelings. This is why she created the Mindful Gut. It is a holistic way of helping people find their gut-friendly foods and lifestyle. Amanda has a virtual private practice where she runs group programs. P.S. Her favorite food is pizza. So we love Love her already. Love pizza. Love pizza. We're excited for you guys to listen to this episode with Amanda. Can't wait. So good to meet you. I like your uh, background. It's like opal. Oh, thank you. I know. It's so baby. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I know you're a busy lady. Thanks for meeting with us today and talking about all of this fun stuff. It's fun to see you. Um, in real life, not on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm excited. Me I know. Too. It's good too. to you. I'm Sarah, by the way. I'm Kathy. Um, <laughs> we're excited to chat with you. Kathy and I just started this podcast a couple months ago. Um, and it's, just, it's actually been longer than that now. It's like the beginning of the year, January. Was it? Yeah. I guess we started our oh, Instagram. Wow but we have 15 episodes out and we love, I mean, we're advocates for women's health and gut health is like the number one requested topic. It is a hot topic. We actually, I did an Instagram poll uh-huh. last week specifically on gut health. Cause I knew this was coming up and people had requested mm-hmm. this episode and I did a little poll and it was like talking to the women, like who, has gut issues and mm. everybody it was, I think it was like 90% said yes. And so yeah. I'm excited to have you on cause you're like the guru and we can <laughs> learn from you today. We have, we have listener questions and okay. all the good stuff. All the yes. Good stuff. And I think yeah. I told you when we messaged on Instagram, uh, yeah. that I'm a dietitian also. Um, yeah. and Uh, My specialty is really like women's health, fertility, postpartum, Mm -hmm. and the gut has a lot to do with all of that. I'm currently curing Sarah's baby. I'm Sarah's surrogate. So we just have a couple months left, which is so exciting. It's so exciting. So, uh, but there's only so much, the gut health world continues to evolve. And just like personally in my specialty, it's hard for me to keep up. So I'm like, we need Um, somebody. You and me, like, I yeah. think oh, everybody is like really difficult to stay abreast of it all. It is, it really is, especially gut health. I found that there's a connection, you know, yeah. with, with mental health, of course, and hormones and just like, it's just never ending. So we're really excited to pick your brain. Um, the microbiome yeah. tends to be a word that so many people use and just like, yeah. like, we're like, what do that's a vast word. <laughs> so we want to know yeah, all no, of the I things, even a word we haven't quite defined. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell us first, like about your, how'd you start in gut health? Tell us kind of about your, you know, career path and passion. Yeah. Like, how do you start with this as your specialty? 
Um, it didn't start off that way. I, it's literally the driving force of becoming a dietitian was rooted in the fact that I love to eat. And it was junior of high school where <laughs> like, you know, where you feel that pressure of, okay, where are you going to go to school? Like, where are you going to apply mm-hmm. to next year? What are you going to do? Right. Um, and I remember finding out that there was a career of like, oh, there's a dietitian. Like they just talk about food. That was literally that was it. You're like, I'm in. Uh, Listen, I totally relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of how it happened to become a dietitian. Gut health came later. So what, where gut health kind of entered the picture was after I had become a dietitian, I had started working, um, mostly actually with like school health and I was doing more community oriented nutrition. And then I had like family members and then myself had like digestion issues. And that was where the route to gut health started to come about. Um, And even since going into gut health, like my perspective on it has changed, like how I define gut health, I think is a little bit different than how others see it. Mm -hmm. And so that was how I like maneuvered into this space. I think that's so impressive. And also you're right. It seems like everybody has that issue. And so you just have to probably kind of learn as you go. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. Yeah. I'm like, sure, I'll counsel you on that. <laughs> Google <laughs> away. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned you have a different definition of gut health than other people. Can you explain kind of your definition of gut health? Yeah. So at first it was very oriented uh, to digestion and just like, you know, having issues with like bloating and gas and all the not sexy things nobody wants to talk about but all the things we all experienced at one point of our lives, right? We all bloated, constipated, For sure. like all yeah. of that, right? Right. And then where it like moved into this different perspective was realizing that our gut is more than just our digestion. So it's kind of three different aspects that I look at. Digestion is one, the microbiome is another. So kind mm-hmm. of talking about, we can talk about what that is. And then the third piece that I think brings both of these things together is honoring your gut instinct and your gut feelings. We've all have gut feelings. Like I know this is the right choice for me or no, this doesn't feel good for me. I think this is where digestion and microbiome can intersect. And I, and I saw a lot when I was working with women, I worked predominantly with women. Um, and even if they weren't, I just like anybody really, when you don't honor like that little voice you have, when you don't honor that gut feeling or gut instinct, um, sometimes it can manifest with, you know, issues and it's not always food that could cause digestion issues. It could be how you're feeling. And if you're doing things that aren't in alignment with what um, your core values are, mm-hmm. that could be a contributor to indigestion issues. And so I think that is the approach that I, I like to take that's a little bit different um, and it's more of like that mindfulness protocol, like mindful gut approach mm-hmm. is, is where I'm trying to find, find the balance between all of these three things. Yeah. I think I love that. I think it's a lot too about people listening to their bodies for the first time. I think we're yeah. taught like as women too, to dismiss feelings. Oh, you're just hormonal. Oh, you just need yeah. this or that and the other. And in turn, you're saying mm-hmm. like, let's, let's listen to those. Those are like 
usually flags that you need to focus yeah. on. And I, I'm one of those women who've always struggled with gut issues throughout certain parts of my life. Yeah. And it's interesting when I like look back at certain seasons where I've struggled more than others, like just looking mm-hmm. at like stress loads and maybe kind of what I'm feeling in those seasons of life. So I love that yeah. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy and I talk a lot about kind of like that mind body connection. I'm lo- I love mm-hmm. that you gave us that definition because this segues perfectly into the first user question. Um, yeah. So, so you talked about gut feelings. I love that gut health connection to just like the mental health, that gut brain connection. Somebody mm-hmm. asked us, does cutting out dairy and gluten, does that help with depression? We've mm-hmm. all I guess that there's been a mm-hmm. link and, you know, people have said that maybe mm-hmm. the gluten and the dairy yeah. at a certain age can link to kind of mood swings and depression. One, yeah. do you think there's a connection there? And two, do you think cutting out dairy and gluten would be a good uh, solution for someone struggling? <laughs> like, I can't see what she reads her eyebrows. Like, like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we're twins. Do we do the same thing? <laughs> I love it. Um, so there's kind of, oh, this is what, one of the core messages that I always want to get across and uh, to people is that what works for your gut is going to be unique. Mm-hmm. So for some people, um, removing dairy and gluten or one or the other may be helpful for them in regards to mood, like depression or digestive issues. It's a very, it's a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like attractive to do that. Okay. It's, it's specific too. It's like specific and attractive because dairy and gluten are, are common things that can irritate people. They're very common you know, food intolerances or sensitivities that people will have, or and they're actually also common allergies, right? Um, but it's not going to be across the board for people that, and so that's like to answer the second part of your question, should somebody remove it? I wouldn't recommend removing it off the bat. You know, that would not be my first recommendation. My first recommendation would actually be to do a food and mood journal to get an idea of what's working for you now and what isn't. And another thing to kind of backtrack a little bit on the gluten part, uh, it could be sense, uh, not sensitivity, it could be celiac disease. And if someone were to have, you know, celiac disease, removing gluten would make diagnosing the celiac even more difficult. Um, so recap, start with the food and mood journal. I think get to know what work, what is working for you and what isn't working for you build off of there, know that it could be removing dairy and gluten um, that may be helpful for mood. The big thing too with food sensitivities is how much and how often. So playing around with those two variables could be more of an impact because let's be real, dairy and gluten are amazing. Yeah. And they taste so good. Yeah. <laughs> Pizza. And, yeah. P- yeah. There you go. Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. We- we loved your bio and included that. Yeah. So I like that you mentioned that people who are doing a celiac test, you need to be, if you're not eating gluten, your intolerance won't show up because there's no inflammation yes. of that marker. Right. Mm-hmm. So how, how long do you need to eat, be eating gluten? Do you know, like to test positive if you do oh, have gosh. celiac disease? Yeah. I'd have yes, to look. I think the last I had looked at that, cause I haven't 
looked yeah. at the updated guidelines in a while. And the last yeah. I looked, I don't know if there even was an established like it, everybody's probably I different. I would assume everybody's yeah. probably different. Because I feel like it takes six so, weeks or so to get it out of your diet. So it would make sense, like to get it out of your system-ish. So it yeah. makes sense that it takes a pretty significant amount of time for yeah. you to show and intolerance as well. Interesting. We'll include it. We'll look it up, everybody. I know. I was <laughs> like, I don't know. This is, I think, <laughs> May is celiac awareness month, I think, too. Yeah, we'll look. There was a dietitian. Yeah. Interesting. So it's funny. Yeah, I'm going to say this about gluten because I really felt like I was intolerant to it for so long. Mm -hmm. And I decided to cut it out when I was on my plant based diet kick. Now I introduce mm -hmm. a little bit more meats here and there that are grass fed. But um, now I feel like in the last year, I can tolerate it. So I'm like, I don't know mm -hmm. if my gut just needed a break from it. Or mm -hmm. if maybe I was never, maybe it was something else beside gluten. And I just was like, um, oh, I'm, I'm gluten. I have celiac. It was just like an easy, yeah. it could have been a million other things, but I feel like it was just an easy trend to say, yeah. oh, I'm, I need, I'm gluten-free, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. It kind of like goes back to what you mentioned a little bit ago about like seasons, you know, there's different seasons in our life and your body changes daily. It's not a static thing. And so things can you can tolerate things better and who's to say, you know, what your environment was like, or maybe your, your gut was like, and it's hard to pinpoint, unfortunately. Right. Um, but it's comforting to know that when it comes to intolerances and, and uh, sensitivities, there can be seasons and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to avoid it for life. Yeah, that's, that's such that's a good helpful. point. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I do, I talked to actually a client about this last night who, um, we're actually trying to get to eat more, you know, and he yeah. has cut out, he, he'd avoided dairy for a long time and then added it back in slowly and is tolerating it better. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll tell that to people too. It's like, of course, if you avoid dairy for a month and then have an ice cream cone, like you're not going to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. You know, so oh, it's like yeah. building up a tolerance. Like you have digestive enzymes mm -hmm. and everything that supports that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's a good point to make too, is like, if you avoid something and then add it back in immediately, which I think is the food journal yeah. idea is that you're kind of tracking yeah. those things. That's yeah. And I will say the best thing that you can do for your gut is variety. Like, mm -hmm. and that's one of the hardest things I've seen people struggle with is getting in a variety of things. I mean, I struggle, like I get it. Yeah. Um, good but advice. your gut loves variety. I love that. Well, good. So this is great. So next question is similar, okay. but we do see that, especially women, it seems like everybody has IBS or a digestive issue and that's more yeah. common, or maybe we're just talking about it more. Like Sarah said, we yeah, that could her, be too. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that people are like, Oh, mm -hmm. more comfortable talking about our bowel movement or something. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but it does seem like it is, um, it's a prominent issue specifically in the like, female yeah. world. I know yeah. that there's hormone connections. Yeah. Um, it's like everybody mm -hmm. experiences the digestive changes that happen like around your period <laughs> or like when you're pregnant, yeah. like clearly yeah. there's a hormonal connection there. Um, yeah. Also, I think we're stressed and all the things. So what do you feel like is the connection between like all of the women having 
Yeah, what's up with that? Why does everyone have an issue? What's wrong with us, Amanda? And that's that's why when you asked me earlier and I was like, the majority of my clients are women. I was like, that's kind of like, um, I'm so busy (laughs) because they're all women. And I think, (laughs) I think it's for this, all those reasons you've just mentioned, I think part of, and, and I don't think anybody knows exactly. I don't, there's no like, this is the reason why this is the research. You know, there, there's so many different perspectives uh, to this. It could be because w- women, uh, definitely that hormonal piece to it. I, I think that's definitely a big part of that, especially in regards to the menstrual cycle and your period and, and how hormones fluctuate during different parts of the cycle that can contribute to looser bowel movements, or it could contribute to, you know, more of that constipation um, type of bowel movement. I think that it could also be so many, I don't know, like, I just, I, I feel like a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like too, we're living in a world maybe where foods maybe are more processed or like Kathy and I talk yeah. about like marketing too. Like there's a lot of things labeled like healthy, you know, and it's like, Kathy mm-hmm. always talks about eating, what do you say? Low to the ground. Some cute little mark. Yeah, something cute like that. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, uh, fruits and vegetables, but, you yeah. know, there's things that are marketed yeah. as healthy and good for your gut that are maybe like more overly processed. I don't know. Maybe that could be one. Uh, you know, that kind of brings me um, a really popular thing that I see is like the acai bowls. And I think mm. the acai bowls, you know, taste amazing. But then I yeah. like wonder how much like sugar is like added sugar is in the acai bowls and all that fruit like and then honey run and to the bathroom. Chocolate. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, all that fruit is like, you know, making you, uh, your stomach upset, even though, you know, it's fruit and it's like great, but you know, a concentrated amount, especially if you're not used to that. Interesting. Your stomach upset, but it is like one of those things you mentioned that's kind of like, oh, it's like healthy, or that's a great example. That's a great example. <laughs> it is like all sugar. I got a Nasi bowl recently, and it was like coconut shavings, uh, shaved chocolate on the top, nuts, and like drizzled with honey. Sounds and amazing. I was like, it actually was, yeah. it was like dessert, but yeah, <laughs> yeah but like what some people yeah. deem healthy is like maybe why is this like all this sugar at once just making my stomach and nuts? Yeah. 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 Everybody's different. And I will say too, like a lot of the gluten-free trends, like gluten-free, they'll make gluten-free cookies, gluten-free blood, gluten-free this, and they're pretty low in fiber. Right. So like, that's an important, Yeah, like they're not any better for you unless you have a gluten issue. Yeah. That's crazy. It's that health halo, right? Like we kind of assume these things are better because that's how it's been marketed to us. But in reality, it's, not always the case, you know, unless you have a reason or a need, a need to, or maybe you just, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not gluten-free, but there's this gluten-free bakery that I go to all the time. And they have this one cookie that mm. I absolutely love. And it's a dipped mint cookie that kind of tastes like a, like a Girl Scout thin mint, but better in my opinion. Yeah, and like, yummy. yeah, like I'm going to pay more for it. It's, uh, <laughs> and I'm not gluten-free, but like, I love it. So maybe yeah. it just tastes like it. That could be a reason. Yeah. It's back to your, your, um, encouragement to people, which is like, eat what's for you, listen to your body, Mm -hmm. because generally that's telling you more than the nutrition trends. Hey guys, we are excited to share with you our new partnership with your superfoods. Not only do they have great tasting product, 
but they are on a mission to help improve people's health through the power of plants. I fell in love with their superfood and plant protein mixes after I was diagnosed and started my lifestyle change. One of the founders is also a cancer survivor, which is why I came across their story. I make a ton of smoothies and my daughter Charlotte loves them too. Your Superfoods is 100% plant-based, no sweeteners, no soy, no dairy, gluten-free, and non-GMO. So you can purchase with our code SISTER15 and you will receive 15% off your purchase, any purchase, not just your first one. So go to YourSuper.com and use the code SISTER15, S-I-S-T-E-R-1-5, for 15% off your order. Go grab your superfoods. Um, will you explain to us, it's hard to do, mm-hmm. yeah. Will you explain yeah. to us what in the world the microbiome is? Please. I hear this word all <sighs> the time and... I'm sitting here. I know. Nutritionist. I have questions up here in my notes. <laughs> number one on my list was what the heck is yeah. microbiome? <laughs> Let's start there. So we all, okay, let me, we try to give a, a good example of this. Have you ever taken an antibiotic and have noticed yes. that your stomach is like, like where that comes from? Like, why mm-hmm. is my stomach a little weird? Yes. Uh, right. Um, so <laughs> when we take an antibiotic, what happens is it kills off the bad bacteria that's like making you sick for whatever reason, right? Um, but it also kills off good bacteria and that good bacteria lives in what we call our microbiome. So in our large intestine, we all naturally have a bunch, a bunch, bunch, bunch of different types and amounts of bacteria that live here. And this is what we commonly refer to as our microbiome just this like little ecosystem that is within the large intestine. Here's the thing about the microbiome is there is no concrete definition that is all accepted of what bacteria should be there, how much of the bacteria should be there. Because there's also gonna be bacteria that might not be like, might quote unquote be bad or not so great, but it's in lower amounts, so it's not an issue. You know, we don't know what is like the accepted threshold of the different, you know, bacteria types and amounts. So that's where I think a lot of confusion comes in. We all know we want a healthy microbiome because those bacteria actually have jobs and responsibilities and benefits for your overall health that we're still also learning about. Think of the microbiome like the wild, wild west. We kind of know what's there, like, but we don't, know exactly like we're still learning yeah so for example um some of the things that the back microbiome might do is be helpful for like your bone health which i think is like fascinating that is fascinating with hunger hormones um so i'm I'm, like rambling a little bit but like yes that's kind of want you to ramble question i hope that helps (laughs) yes i'm learning so much so um you said it's kind of like the wild west. Like we, we know, we kind of know, like, is there a way for me? Like I'm interested in my microbiome now. How do I know if I have enough or good, a good like environment for like, how do I, is there a way to test it? Did you explain? There's different tests. Yeah. There's different like microbiome tests that are out there. And the hard part is there, like I said, there's no widely accepted definition 
of you know what those bacteria should be and how much okay. so even if you were to do a test it, it's kind of cool and let me don't get me wrong I've done a lot of stool tests in my life because I find all of this fascinating I can't tell you how many times I've I've had to collect my poop and send it cool. in. I think that's honestly fascinating. Yeah, I was going to say, tell us about it. Yeah, tell us everything. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, if you do one of these tests, know that collecting your poop like really isn't a big deal because usually they'll like give you a kit. Because if that's what you're worried about, because I think that could be a very common concern, like, ew, gross. I don't want to like be touching my poop. You're not, usually what they do is they give you like a little scooper and you just, Anyway, maybe Stupid. I'm getting too I No, that's important. Go. No, that's important for people who are back. listening. Yeah, we, we have kids, know. and so we're not we're, like we are okay. still wiping poopy bottoms. So yeah, <laughs> we're the barriers okay. are down over here. But uh, yeah, we want to know. People, people want to know though, because that sounds weird. So you just get a little scoop, you put it in, and you ship it yeah. off, right? You ship it off. You put it in a little tube, and you just and then you flush away the rest, and you're good to go. And the tests, usually what they'll do is they'll give you reports back, depending on, you know, there's a bunch of different companies that are out there doing different testing um, and usually get a report back and it lists different types of the bacteria that are present that they found in there and the amounts. Uh, now, some people, what's an imbalance and what's not depends on which company you use for the test. Now, there are certain companies that might give you some guidance on different strains of bacteria that might be too high and might be indicative of, of an imbalance. Uh, some other companies might just list the different strains and the amount that they were able to quantify. So it really kind of depends on the company that you go with. But it's, like I said, really fascinating. There's other markers they might look at. It's like inflammation could be a marker that they're looking at. Uh, how much fat is present in your poop? Ideally, you don't want a lot of fat present. You should be absorbing the majority of fat that we're eating. Um, so they might look at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just I a lot of fascinating that you are able to find, right? Yeah, so also about testing, I have a question for you because I always, I don't know exactly what to tell people <laughs> when it comes to this, but like food sensitivity test, who, yeah. you know, you can get them on like Groupon and Amazon. Like, are those legit? Don't do it. Like, don't do <laughs> it. Okay. Amanda says, don't do it. So tell us, tell us what you plug, plug some good ones that, cause now I'm interested about my microbiome. Tell like plug some mm -hmm. good food sensitivity tests and maybe just if you have ones that yeah. you can mention, if not, don't worry, but for food uh, sensitivity or like the, the microbiome ones. Cause those yeah. would be two different things. Maybe both. Yeah. Let's do, let's do microbiome first and then let's okay. talk about food sensitivity. Okay. So the microbiome one, I think a good, a very popular company um, would be GI map. And I forget what the name of the, the company is, um, but GI map is the test okay. that you'll see GI map. Um, that's one. Another one is a company, full disclosure, I worked with. So there yeah. is uh, that sponsorship relationship. <laughs> well, honestly, we love that. We'll link it so people can find that. Yeah. We want to we'll link it in the show notes. If you like it, we like it. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The Zoe is the one that I recently just did. And what I liked about Zoe is they did a microbiome test. So I, I sent in my poop. This is the one I've done most recently. And they also test two other markers, which I find fascinating to give you more of a holistic view of your overall health. They test um, blood lipids. So I had to prick Ooh. my finger, which I, that was the hardest part for me to be honest. I hate <laughs> needles. Um, but it was 
pretty easy. You prick your finger and they, and they will do some blood lipid testing. They have some challenges. They have you eat specific muffins with the specific formulation. Um, and that's why they're pricking your finger because they're testing based off of this like standard muffin that you've eaten. And then the other marker that they test is your blood sugar. So I wore a continuous glucose monitor for two weeks. Oh no! I think way. I saw that on your stories that you were kind of yeah. documenting that. I think that is so fun. I, I want to do that. I was going to say, it makes me want to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. It is really, really interesting to kind of see. And I mean, just to highlight how foods affect you differently. Like I eat something like cereal. I, oh my God, cereal was the one thing I eat. And I added like nuts and berries to like make it more, like more of a fiberful, more of an oomph to it. And mm-hmm. so my blood sugar like shot up sky high wow. and like dropped. And I, <clears throat> I was like, okay, obviously even with like the nuts and the berries that I added, if I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm still gonna eat cereal because I like cereal. But like yeah. now I know if I want something long lasting, like that's yeah. not the ideal thing for me. Wow. Um, but you could eat it. You could eat the berries and nuts in the cereal. It might be totally fine. So like that's what I just mm-hmm. find so interesting about blood sugar and gut health. It's so individual. Wow. But yeah, so those those are the two I'd recommend for awesome. um, perfect microbiome. And then well, the food sensitivity test, like, is mm-hmm. it just bad? It's probably better uh, to just keep a food journal right? Yeah. If you want to do something now to figure out like what is triggering my issues or want to get a baseline food and mood journal, even when you're doing food sensitivity testing, you would do a food and mood journal because there's no test out there. That's going to be a hundred percent accurate because what's done on the lab isn't necessarily always going to be representative of what's happening in your body. Like right now, right? Because we know it's not just food. It's also mood. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the Groupon things, like don't do it, don't waste your money, like, just save it. <laughs> Noted. And yeah. I, right, I want to point out why oftentimes those tests are considered IgG tests. And IgG is one marker that we uh, can look at to see how somebody responds to food. What's interesting though is that marker doesn't necessarily reflect uh, an intolerance or a sensitivity. And so that's often what you see in those Groupon tests that are insanely cheap or those Instagram ads that are so targeted to you. I mean, so targeted. Account, I'm sure we're all going to get an Instagram ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the phone listening. It's so crazy. It is. Right? Well, yeah. so we talked a little bit, we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about like why we have gut issues. I know in a second we want to talk about like ways to heal the gut and have a happy gut. But a question I have as just like a normal woman consumer, um, when I've had Mm -hmm. gut issues in the past, like that first little thing is like, are you taking a probiotic? Take a probiotic. (laughs) So let's talk about a probiotic, but also will you tell me and Kathy too, like what is the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic? Because when I go shop for one at the store, I see both. And I'm like, do I need yeah. both? And what are, what's the difference? Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about pre and probiotics. So think of your gut like a garden, okay? <laughs> your gut is a garden. There's okay. two steps to it. You want to seed it and you want to feed it. So seeding your gut would be like taking the probiotics, like, like the actual bacteria um, that is going to be living there. Feeding it would be food for that bacteria, which would be what a prebiotic is. So it's not actually 
going to be those gut bacteria living there. It's going to be food for that gut bacteria. And usually there's different supplement sources that you could do for a prebiotic. And there's also foods that are prebiotic and there's also foods that are probiotic, or you could also do a supplement. So yeah. um, feed is the bacteria seeding or wait. Oh my God. Now I'm back. Pretend you didn't hear that. Everyone. Okay. So feeding would be that prebiotic food, those prebiotic fibers and seeding would be the actual bacteria. The actual probiotic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. I didn't know that. So like for someone who hasn't taken a normal probiotic, would it be beneficial to like buy mm-hmm. those together and start those together? I, my always like general recommendation is to try to do food first because there's going to be things in the food in addition to that pre or probiotic that, you know, um, you can't just get when a supplement. So I really try to emphasize doing food first and there's different prebiotic food sources. So for example, two of my favorites are like onions and garlic because they just add so much flavor to food. Um, Onions, garlic, oats, apples, green bananas. Those are also some of different, the prebiotic foods and then probiotic foods those can be a little bit harder. Like I didn't grow up eating probiotic foods. A, I didn't even know what a probiotic food was, but like- I still don't know, <laughs> educate me. <laughs> so these are gonna be things like, for example, yogurt is probably one of the most common probiotic okay. foods. Yes. So doing like a cultured yogurt and it doesn't have to be cow's milk based. It can also be a plant-based. So like I recently had, I've been trying some coconut yogurts cause I've been interested in coconut yogurt. I've been, I've been trying a couple of different really good ones and they've been really like creamy, which I really like in yogurt. Yeah. yeah. So that it's hard to find a good non-dairy simple. yogurt. I know that's yeah. not just like mm-hmm. tons and tons of ingredients and it's like ultra and sugar. Yeah. So that's interesting. So those have probiotics yeah. in there because they're fermented as well. You want to make sure that on the label, it says it has like live active cultures. Okay. That will be your clue. That's what you want to That's great. That's great to know because- um, some yeah. people can't get that type of probiotic in their diet. Yeah. One of our dairy thing. I was just remembering one of our uh, yeah. questions. They were like, I'm trying fermented foods because they said that's like taking a probiotic and I'm eating so much sauerkraut. Nothing's working. So I love <laughs> sauerkraut like on the list. Is she doing right? Sauerkraut, yeah. Sauerkraut is on the list. Okay. She's right. Sauerkraut's on the list. Uh, kimchi would be on the list too, uh, depending on how you pickle, like your pickles, pickles could be on the list, depending on how they were made. If they were like lacto fermented. Um, yeah, those would be some examples of some like, uh, probiotic foods. I'm just curious, like, I'm wondering why she was eating the sauerkraut and like, cause you, sometimes straight up, honestly, you won't feel a difference. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah, you won't, I feel like draw, especially if you don't go, she's like, you won't. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to get prebiotic foods in your diet than probiotics, mm-hmm. you know, like for yeah. me, I'm, like, I'm just going to take my probiotic totally. because I, it's harder to include those mm-hmm. in yeah. my diet. Yeah. But yeah. I used to yeah. give my kids sauerkraut juice oh, and it's kind of savage, yeah. Did they eat but that? yeah, no. I just gave it to them in a syringe, honestly. Oh. And or when they were sick food. and things like that, because especially when they're little, it's mm-hmm. so important to build their microbiome and build their, their health, health and everything. Yeah. And I just knew 
that yeah. the sauerkraut juice has a lot of good things in it. So I would just, and they, now they wouldn't do it, but when they're little and like, you they don't care. <laughs> they would, I know it's like, I love that. They would be like, super sour. That. that's so cute. Yeah. Um, so we, we know that probiotics and those kind of foods mm-hmm. help have a happy gut. What are your, like, can you give us your three, like the top three recommendations for just overall healing mm-hmm. your gut? I would, I would definitely say not everyone needs to heal like that. And chances are you probably don't. I think gut healing is a really common thing that gets thrown around um, that makes you feel like something is wrong with you. And chances are you're probably just fine. Um, so that I definitely want to say. interesting thing. Uh, I love that. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Like but don't you, stress. That That's going to cause gut health. Yeah, don't stress fine. about your gut health. <laughs> yeah. I like even like the anxiety of like thinking about that could just I mean we've all felt that like pit in our stomach I, oh my god there's a squirrel I almost ran over in my neighborhood and I was like oh, I can't run over a squirrel and you know like you f- I felt like that yeah. drop in my stomach that's like the mind gut connection mm-hmm. um, and I think sometimes we get so lost in the gut health hype of all the things we should be doing and healing our gut when chances are the basics is what's going to keep you grounded the basics and staying consistent with that is going to be the most powerful thing you can do. So three things I think to help with that, you know, staying the consistent is variety. I'm going to emphasize that again. So a, a tip that I like to give is, I mean, we all grew up eating, like, you know, we all had like a repertoire of, of different fruits and veggies that we grew up eating. Chances are that repertoire is now what it is as an adult. Like you've probably stuck with very similar things. So the next time you go to the grocery store or farmer's market or whatever, pick up a fruit or vegetable you've never had before and take it home with you. But only take one at a time because sometimes our eyes are bigger than our stomach and then it rots in the back of the fridge and you're like, yeah, that's That's a great practical tip for variety. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, baby steps because not only do you want to have variety, it's the staying consistent with it. That is going to be really helpful. I think another tip to, to help with that goes to like the mind gut connection. Um, one really practical thing you can do is to put yourself in a rest and digest mode. So if you are not in a resting state, your digestion is not going to be optimal. So like I said, this is where it goes to, it might not even be the food. It could be the fact that you just were extremely stressed when you're eating or extremely busy and, and rushing when you're eating. So take like three deep belly breaths or just three dip like just three breaths where I just you, took like, a deep breath. intention. Yes. Right. Yeah. I wanted to, but I was talking. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like I did it. Yeah. So that's yeah. a great recommendation. You're it's like slow. telling your stomach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, days, we're, we're here to eat and it'll just help to optimize your digestion and actually has nothing to do with the food you're eating, but the state you want to put yourself in. Those would be the top two. I'm trying to think of another like really, really good tip um, that can help with your gut. There's like so many, like my mind is like spinning. It's hard to say the top the three. Things. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I feel like I your know. message is very much like de-stressing in certain moments where you feel like your gut is like tensing because of stress. Like is, is there any ways, mm-hmm. you know, exercise oh, okay. or stressing or anything that yeah. you feel like is like, a bigger picture idea of like calming the gut? Yes, that's really good. I'm glad you said that. Kind of brings two points to mind that kind of relate to that. 
One thing is the underrating of movement for your body and for your gut. I think that um, like movement in any way or shape or form, whether that be yoga, walking, running, which I hate, but like people love, I'm still waiting for that runner's high. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me too. I will be waiting for that. Any type of movement will help get things moving literally in your digestive system. And with constipation being such a very, very common thing that many women don't talk about, but many women have, movement really helps get your intestines going, helps things literally move inside. Um, So I would definitely say that. And another thing to kind of go back to what you mentioned with like general, like de-stress, bigger picture, a lot of stress and anxiety from what I've seen is people getting lost in the things of all the things we should be doing. And a lot of those things that we should be doing are things we aren't doing already. So what I would help people or what I would remind people is, and that's again, something you can do in the food and mood journal. What is working for you now? What are things that you are doing that are positive, that benefit you both physically and mentally that you can build on? What can you use as a springboard for something else that maybe you want to bring into your life that's a a beneficial, healthy behavior for you? I think knowing that you're most likely already doing things that are beneficial for your gut health, build off of that. Um, I think that would be my last one. That's great. Because then you can look back. I think we keep those food journals and mood journals to identify, you know, bad days, but it's so important. I'm so glad you said that. It's so important to look back and go, what are my good days? What was I doing on my good days? Yeah. That helps me. I think that's so great. Well, thank you. Those tips are realistic and actionable. And I I'm a fan of all of that. Um, okay. So we always, so I have a question. So Sarah was like, okay, the second you mentioned to your physician or whoever that you have gut health, Mm -hmm. they're like, take a probiotic, eat fiber, eat Mm -hmm. vegetables, eat fruit. So we always talk about the foods we can add in, which honestly I love, I love, let's always talk about adding food. (laughs) That's our plan. But we do want to know there are foods that can disrupt your microbiome and are there like kind of the top few that uh, we should be cautious with that are kind of more harmful to our gut health or is it just. Mm -hmm. Two things come to mind that can be um, pretty across the board with people. Because like I said, you know, food sensitivities can be dependent person to person and that could interrupt things. But two things that can be pretty general to everybody would be like things that are super ultra processed. Um, Not to say you can never eat a Cheeto in your life um, or Doritos are my favorite chip, but like not wanting your diet to be full of the majority of it being like ultra, ultra processed foods. Um, You know, those types of things you want to be wary of. Another thing that could be kind of harmful or disruptive if done consistently, it would be more of like those, uh, like artificial sugars. So certain artificial sugars could be more of an issue for people. Like there was a funny, uh, and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I feel like most people um, are doing themselves a favor by adding Splenda or mm-hmm. Stevia, mm-hmm. like, but actually those, you feel like those could have a negative effect on your gut. They could, maybe not so much like the stevia, um, 
maybe some more of the other ones I'm like I can picture like the little like equals pocket. aspartame <laughs> yes there you yeah. go there we aspartame. go uh, like, what is the one that's in the pink the sweet love? yeah I'm like how is this still on the market I thought this got banned mm-hmm. sweet love I think so yeah those are the types of things um so maybe not so much more like the stevia but like those ones that you just mentioned like the equal the aspartame those are the things that you ideally, you know, want to not eating so much of because they could be disruptive of yeah. the microbiome. Um, yeah, so that's that what I would be like two things that are kind of across the board. That's perfect. Okay, we have one more question for you. Okay. Yeah, so this is interesting. I don't know what you feel about this, but um, our mom used to work at a health and wellness spa and they performed colon hydrotherapy, which is like like the technical term, AKA colonics. And we had a lot of uh, women on the Insta kind of chime in and say, Mm -hmm. tell us about colonics. Are they good? Are they bad? I know you mentioned constipation being like a a trend nowadays and just having that kind Mm -hmm. of backed up colon. Do you, are you a fan of colonics or no? What do you think? Not really. Okay. I'm, I, it's so funny because right, right before, like this morning, I was looking at somebody who was, was offering colonics, like someone on my Instagram, yeah. <laughs> like very popular. Um, it's it very, fun. very popular. And this person was a huge fan of it um, and found it helpful for people. I don't really see the need. I, I haven't. I'm not one over on colonics. And I think here's why I'm not like one over on colonics because sometimes I think people use it as a band-aid. Like I haven't been eating great and I'm just going to do this to clean Mm. myself out and just go back. That's why I'm like such a big proponent of like getting the basics down and staying with that consistent. Because if you do that, then probably won't need a clonic. Let's get to the root of it. Why do you need the clonic? Let's fix that first. Yeah, that's like pretty much why. And also because you're going to be clearing out things, obviously, like that's the whole purpose of a clonic is to clear out things. And it's not just going to be like fecal matter and bacteria that's going to clean out. It's like the good stuff is going to get cleaned out too. Um, So that's another reason. You know, it's not just the bad things that we think, like it's kind of cool in a gross way to like see things leave, I guess, but um, it's not just bad stuff that would be leaving. So that's another reason too, why I'm like not sold on it. That's great. That's good. You're right. Yeah. You don't want to do something that your body isn't supposed to be doing. We just, the two of us just recorded an episode on detoxing and like what that really means and kind of the same topic. Mm -hmm. But it's like, let's just prioritize the way our bodies were naturally Naturally. built to excrete things like, you know, eating fiber and drinking water and, you know, supporting your microbiome and all of that thing, all of the things you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we have loved learning from you and um, we're so excited to have this conversation and hopefully answer some people's questions. You've answered our questions. Um, so you've given us some good nuggets of truth, honestly, and I love like the overall message is like, like listen to our guts and also pinpoint like why our guts are doing certain things versus like, 
I just, the clonic thing, it's like, it does not, we, you said the word bandaid. I'm like, it is kind of like a bandaid. Like mm -hmm. why, why are we trying to get to the clonic anyway? But um, well, I think yeah. anything with nutrition and exercise and gut health, it one, it's hard work and two, it takes time. Right. And like, even yeah. me, like I, I want mm -hmm. like something to happen fast, even though in my mind, I know oh, like, totally. it's going to take time for our gut to, to us to yeah. have, if we're constipated for us to figure out why and to mm -hmm. figure out the issue. And so we want like fast. That's like us as a culture too. Like we just want the, we just oh, want no good. good. We want no gut issues. We want like an empty colon and we want to just move on to the lifestyle that we already have. Mm -hmm. But um, I love yeah. your message and I love everything. Like you gave us some good food for thought and I'm going to go get my Sweet. food sensitivity journal started. Do it. My mood. Yeah. Oh, I have, a, I have a new template coming out for it. I can. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. On that note, tell people yes. like how they can connect with you. Yes. Uh, your Instagram, yeah. Um, yeah. your, you oh, know, yeah, your yeah. offerings, your blog. Tell us where they can yeah. keep an eye out for that new food journal. So that's, I've been teasing a new freebie coming out for a little while and it's going to be coming out actually next week. Um, okay. But so depending on when this airs, I'm sure it'll already be out. And yeah. it's a new food and mood journal um, that I had created to help kind of give you some guidance on trying to figure this out and what should I, you know, record. So that's coming out a template. The easiest place to find me is Instagram. So you can find me at, at gutthealth.nutritionist. And uh, yeah, that, the new freebie is coming out. Instagram, I try, I'm pretty much pretty active on that. You can find a lot of different infographics. If you ever have suggestions for topics you want to learn about, you are more than welcome to message me. I'm always open to that. And I have an, uh, another thing that I'll be coming out with is a new group program called the Mindful Gut to help you figure out and get to know what's working for your gut and give you space to learn and put all of this stuff, like you said, into action and learn how to be consistent with it. And that is it. Yeah, that's that's where you can find me and my stuff. That's great, Amanda. Thank you so much. I, mean, I love, yeah. I'm a big fan of group programs because I do think people, it's less intimidating. Yeah. You feel less alone. Uh, well, thank you so much mm -hmm. for taking time today. We will, um, yeah, we will be in touch for sure. If you have been listening along to the pod, you know we love high quality vitamins that are worth your time and your money. Seeking Health vitamins are our favorite because they are not synthetic and they are easily absorbable. We have a new coupon code exclusive to our audience. It's 10% off your first order from seekinghealth.com. So use our code talk to me sister for 10% off. That's talk two with the number two me sister for 10% off. We will link all of this information in the show notes. Enjoy. Enjoy.